0: Good morning. You know, every Sunday I prepare some type of statement at some point prior to the sermon. And today God wouldn't let that happen. Before I came over this morning for the men's breakfast, I was in the living room and I was praying, you know, how am I going to open up the the service today with what story that makes a point? And it's like the Spirit stops me. not going to give you one right now. Then I go out to my garden look at it this morning and think, well, you know, I go outside and Spend a little bit of quiet time before I come over for breakfast and God will speak to me there. And, well, God's was like, no, nope, not going to happen. And then while I'm sitting up here waiting for Willing to finish up. I'm still thinking, hmm, how am I going to open up the sermon? And God said, I'm not going to tell you. And you find that odd. And you might understand a little better when we read the passage of Scripture Because, you see, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the knowledge of we know what to do next. Or we know what we always do next. That we think that when God calls us to something, that we automatically know because it's what we always do. But maybe there are times when God doesn't want us to always do what we always do. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia, Galatia, and having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Trios. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today and thank you again for this opportunity for allowing us to gather into your house. And Father, we just ask that you be with us to send your spirit into this house to, to dwell amongst us, to open our hearts and our minds to, to hear a message from you. And Father, I ask that you empty me of my desire to speak, remove from me my, my own thoughts and ideas and processes. Just fill me with your spirit. And give us the words that we need to hear as a people, that we may grow, that we we may come to understand you better. And that our relationships with you will be reborn in a new and mighty way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I, I read that scripture earlier in the month when I was going through the lectionary. And it just really jumped down at me. And the thing that caught my attention about it was that the Spirit wouldn't let me, or that Jesus wouldn't let me, and ultimately that that God wouldn't let me. And that's what he was saying to the disciples. Paul and his companions were traveling throughout the region, and they were going somewhere to do what it is that they always do, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, carrying it into towns that, that may or may not have heard of the message That they have delivered to people that may or may not have experienced God's healing power or his healing touch. And if they were like me, my question would be with this God, what do you want? You see, I'm only doing what it is that you call me to do. I'm, I'm doing what I'm passionate about, and I'm doing what I always do. And, and when I go out into this new area that, that you're sending me through, and I try to do those things, you shut me down. You, you stop me from performing. I go to open my mouth, and the words, that just won't come out. I go to share the truth of, of Jesus Christ, and, and it just won't express itself. Or I try to go into an area, and there's a physical blockade of some type that doesn't allow me to to go where it is I think I need to go to. And it gets aggravating sometimes, but this is what I've had to to learn about life. When I was younger, before I entered any type of formal ministry and God called me to ministry, I wasn't called to preach to the churches or or to congregations. I was called to preach to the lost and dying, the ones that that the world really forgot about. The ones that didn't come into the church, but, but were living lives of destruction. And I would meet them, and God would empower me to pray for them, and it was something that that I really, truly didn't want to do because it consumed my time, to be honest with you. It's like every time I I turned around, there was a new person coming into my life that, that God spoke to and said, you need to pray for this person. Commit your time to praying for this person. Now, my response to that initially was, no, it's not my problem because I want to go over here and do this. I want to accomplish these things. I want to, to do what Tommy wants to do. But, but God kept shutting down those things that I wanted to do, much like the disciples. They wanted to go do the things that they were talented in and called to do, but God was shutting them down. You can't go into that town. I'm not going to give you the words. And I think what happened is, is this. For myself, I had to come to understand two things in life that there is my will and there is God's will. And my will and my heart and mind can can look like one very satisfying image. But just because it's in my mind and it's in my heart doesn't mean that that's what God has planned for me. Scripture says that when we speak about spiritual warfare, that we're not warring against flesh and blood, but we war against principalities and powers. Thoughts and ideas, and sometimes those thoughts and ideas are our own, and and sometimes they're they're from Satan. But what it boils down to is that, that we have to make a choice about how it is that we respond to what's going on around us. I can't make what I want to happen happen over here. But what I can do is respond to the reality of the things that God has put in my life. And when God put in my life in those days to pray for people, that's what I learned how to do. See, I had to stop fighting with myself about who I was going to be as a Christian. Was I going to be God over my own life and and decide what life experiences I'm going to have? Or was I going to just let go, as they say, and let God And when I decided to just let go and let God, I found that God works miracles, not just in our lives, but through our lives that impact other people. Six and seven months of of my life would be dedicated, which is nothing compared to what others have given of themselves, to praying for people. And to sometimes see the reward of them coming to the understanding that they are in need of a Savior that cares and loves for them and empowers them to to move away from the evil that, that brings destruction upon their lives and to walk into a relationship with a God that loves and cares for them. And I think the other thing that we can learn from this passage of Scripture is this. Let me ask you the question that I put out on the sign for us this week. Is keeping busy living. You see, I think the disciples, Paul and, and the others that traveled with him were, were much like us, that we become accustomed to to doing certain routines in our days. And that there comes a time when we don't need to do that routine anymore and we don't know what to do with ourselves because we can't seem to sit still. We can't seem to live in peace of that time when God is not requiring work from us. When he's saying it's okay to take a break. You don't have to work 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. There are going to be plenty of times in your life when you are required to work and work hard and work long hours, if not just at your workplace, but in your church house and in your family. That when those days come, that when that work is not present, that when that demand is not there, that it's okay to sit back and relax for a moment. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the life. Enjoy the time that God has given you with the people around you. You know, truth is that that we get so busy sometimes doing our work that, that we miss some of the blessings that God puts before us. One of my friends at John Deere would tell me all the time, because yeah, we worked long hours, I'm not going to kid you, we worked 80, 90 hours a week there. And we worked from the time we got there to the time we left, we didn't stop. And the partner that I worked with would, would constantly say, you've got to slow down, you've got to slow down, you've got to slow down, because you're missing life. I'm like, what do you mean I'm missing life? I'm, I'm doing my job. He goes, but you're not learning about the people that are around you. that's one of the greatest blessings that God gives us, is it not? I mean, there are things in life that we want to accomplish. We want to go to college and get our degree. And then we want to move out into the world to to get our job. And when we get our job, we want to go up the ladder of success as fast as we can. So that we can, for some people, get more stuff. For some people, it's just the the idea of gaining more status that somehow that if I do more, then I'm going to be more important to my community or or even to myself. And then the day comes when you look back and you realize that all that time that was spent hurrying and rushing and gaining and getting was for naught. Because though God surrounded me with a great cloud of witness and though he put me as a Christian in the midst of a community that needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ either preached or or lived out in our lives, we were too busy trying to stay busy. It's okay to slow down. Now, it's not okay to neglect responsibility that God has given us. But the truth is this. We can either move too fast in trying to accomplish our goals and miss out on the blessings that God put before us, or we can move too slow and not accomplish them at all. You see, there's got to be a balance in there somewhere. Because if we don't do enough or we do nothing, then we accomplish nothing. And if we do too much at one time, then we don't make room for the people in our lives. And I think we can learn that from this passage of Scripture. That there are times... When God just simply tries to bless us with time to spend with one another. You see, Paul and his people, much like us, we're we're not lazy people. We like to accomplish, we like to do, we work hard. But when they wanted to do what it was that they were taught to do, what they were ingrained to do, for them, which was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, They were kept from doing so, not by their own desire and not by their own will, but as the Scripture says, by the Holy Spirit. I look at it like this. It's God's way of saying to us, slow down. Enjoy today. Turn to the person to your left and to the right and get to know them. Find out what makes them tick. Find out what's important to them. Find out how you can be a blessing to their lives and how they can be a blessing to your life. And if we wanted to get more specific in it and following the scripture of, of why things like that happen, instead of the Holy Spirit, the scripture goes on and says that Jesus would not allow that to happen. When they came to the border at Mysia, They, again, they wanted to go in and do what they do best. But Jesus himself would not allow it. And it's not that God is denying somebody the opportunity to do something. It's that he's allowing them to have the time of rest and recovery that they need in order to live out their will or God's will in their life. You know, even Jesus took a break. How many times did the scripture tell us that he left the crowds and he left the disciples to go to the mountain and pray? He teaches us to balance the struggles and the responsibilities of life so that we're not beaten down and burdened, but so that we experience God in his fullness. And so that we can live a life of peace and fullness. I think there's one more thing that I want to touch on on this. Because I think we can read this and come to understand something. that God works in all things for the good of those who love him. And that doesn't mean that God works in all things for the good of everyone. That's challenged specifically to those who love him. That Part of that relationship and and part of the requirement for us to receive the blessings of God is that we are actively involved in a relationship with him, that we act lovingly toward God, that when God does good things for us, that, that we show gratitude for it. And we strive to live a life of righteousness and holiness because it's healthy for us and it's honoring to God. And when we live that life, it gives God the opportunity to work blessings into our lives more so than if we were not. I think if we understand the whole story here, Then we can come to understand this. That maybe we're not the right person in the right place at the right time to do the things that God needs done. Maybe it's somebody else that that bears that burden. Or has that call. And what I mean is this. I'm learning that I'm a fairly good gardener. Planted me a garden this year. Put me some pictures on Facebook about it. Very happy. Uncle Harold sent word to me that he was pleased with my gardening skills. But you know what? Just because... I know how to dig up some dirt, put some fertilizer down, take a plant and put it in the ground at my house. doesn't mean I can come to your house and tell you how to do that successfully at your house because your dirt is different than my dirt. It doesn't have the same amount of oxygen. It doesn't have the same amount of nitrogen. It doesn't have the same nutrients that my dirt has. And though I'm skilled at my house with doing it, I may not be so with yours. So in in, in my desire to want to help, in my desire to, to want to lead you down a path that would, give you fresh, ripe tomatoes and squash and and cucumbers, I may not be the one who has the skill set to do that for you. So that blocking that, that I would perceive that God is stopping me from doing something may very well be God allowing somebody else to come in and help you in a better manner than I could. So when... Those doors seem to start shutting. Don't, don't think of it as God stopping you from doing something or stopping you from helping someone. Think of it as God allowing somebody else to, to serve in your stead, to experience God's power in their life as they share the gospel of Jesus Christ, as they plant seeds in somebody's life. It can't always be about me. I've had to come to understand. And in my walk, that, that if I allow others to experience the things that I've experienced or or to work in fields that I've worked, then they grow and experience God in ways that they never would have. And you know, sometimes we don't have to let God put the block up for us. But if we listen to the Spirit when He says, don't, Do what you normally do. But allow someone else to do that. And let them learn. And let them grow. And let them be a blessing to others and to you. At no time is God ever cutting anyone short of his blessing of experience. But sometimes we have to step out of the picture and let someone else step into that stead. One of the things I learned as policing was the importance of training other officers. You see, you think that when you come out of the academy and you you ride with your field training officer and they tell you all the expectations that, that leadership has of you and you listen and you, and you gain that knowledge and when you're cut loose to working on your own, you go out and you just show them everything that you can do and, and you write traffic citations, you find drugs in cars, you, you find people that are committing vile criminal acts and you make your arrest and you start building a reputation for yourself for all the things that you can do and accomplish. Leadership starts looking down upon you and what it is that you can do. But the most important thing that I had to understand about what that leadership was expecting from me was this. And it's not that I could do it on my own or that I could accomplish everything that they wanted, but that I could take the experience and the knowledge that I gained and pass it on to the younger officers. You see, certain officers were selected to be field training officers. FTO is what we were called. And it seemed like a burden at the time because you Thought that you weren't going to have the fun you're not going to chase the criminal down you're not going to make the cases you're going to sit back and teach somebody else how to do that and i'll be honest with you it's 13 weeks of riding in a car on the passenger side not answering the radio not typing on the computer not dealing with the citizens not solving problems but teaching that young officer all the things that you have learned in your time working teaching them how to to speak to other officers in an appropriate manner, teaching them how to communicate with the citizens, teaching them how to find paraphernalia in cars, how to do proper and legal searches of property. But you see, it is not for the FTO passing on that knowledge. And when that officer retires or quits or or is called home, that there's no one left to successfully fill their role. You see, when God tells us and speaks to our heart and says, I don't want you to go there, and I don't want you to do that, It's not that he's cutting you out. It's that he's trying to add a different quality to your life. To give you a different responsibility. A higher purpose and a higher meaning. While someone else does the things that you once did. You see, it would sound like that Paul and his followers were wasting their time because they would try to go and the spirit would stop they would try to speak and Jesus would say no but in time what they found was this that in their journey that when they learned to to sit back and take it easy to trust God or when they learned to to let somebody else take on the responsibility they were allowing God to work in their lives in a peaceful manner and in a productive manner as he prepared for them a new mission. You see, during the night Paul had a vision, John said, our John, not the Gospel John, told me not to say that a man from Macadamia but a man from Macedonia came to him in a vision and said, come to us and help us. And I think that if we take from Paul's experience, then we can find this. Don't look at life that's as if something is coming to an end. But look at life as if you're passing on knowledge and experience to to someone else. Because God is calling you to something higher. Even though they couldn't preach and teach in those towns, it was at this point that Paul left Asia and went to Europe and started the brand new ministry that changed the world. So let me challenge you with this. When it seems like God is shutting down, rest. When it seems like the door shut. Don't quit. And when God is ready for you to move again, listen and follow the vision that God plants in your heart. Because just like Paul, he may give you a vision that changes the world. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and thank you for the time that you've given us here today. And Father, as we leave here today, help us to to remember that the things that that seem like you're shutting down are really and truly opening up other doors and windows of opportunity of someone else and that, that we have the capability of allowing them to grow and experience life in a new and mighty way. But help us to keep our hearts and minds open through those processes as we wait to hear from you the vision that takes us to a new and higher understanding with greater responsibility in our desire to change the world for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You did it? You sure did.